Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hi, everyone. Julie Salant from juliesalant.com. I am thrilled today. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while now. My guest is Angie Wells. She is founder of Equine Essential Wellness. She's a horse health coach. She improves the lives of horses, and it's her purpose in life. And the products and services and posts that you'll find are how she lives her purpose and passion. She has done so much in terms of education and accomplishments. I'm just going to read a couple for you. Uh, She completed her equine energetics and landmark anatomy in Tallgrass Animal Acupuncture Institute. She completed equine meridian therapy, which is theory, which is very interesting, equine traditional Chinese medicine overview, I'm loving that one too, and certified holistic health practitioner along with certified animal, am I saying this right, natural, how do you say that, naturopathy? Yeah, I I say naturopathy, but a lot of people say it the way you just said. (laughs) She has more accreditations than I can ever explain, but these are just the last few years what she's done. Welcome to the show, Angie. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Thanks, Julie. I'm, I'm super excited to be here too, so it's great great to be on. Can you give just the listeners, I, I know I gave just a very short bio, but a little bit about what you've done and how you kind of came to do the work that you're doing right now. Sure. So, um, yeah, there's, there is an extensive background that people can just always go look and find. Really what I like people to know is mastering horse health is my heart. And I spend as much time as I can studying and learning natural health and what it takes to keep a horse healthy. So there's a lot of background there. The ones that you shared are actually um, me just completing uh, the Tallgrass Acupressure Program, the practitioner program. So those were some of the ones required. And naturopathy is also my, my, just my heart and passion. And mixing both of those two together is, has just been a true blessing, you know, just all the way around. But really how I got started was actually with my own personal horse. So again, I've loved horses since I was a little girl. I can't remember a time when I wasn't obsessed with them. (laughs) And (laughs) so it's like, I even remember, like I make jokes, like I had centerfolds on my wall, but not that kind of centerfold. Like, I don't know if you remember that Horse Illustrated had like centerfold pictures of horses. And I used to, I was so excited to hang those on my wall. And I can remember um, my friends kind of teasing me, like me taking a horse encyclopedia as a book to read at school (laughs) and thinking that was normal. Like I was like so excited about it. So I've just always been horse obsessed and it just kind of carried on into my adulthood. But my first horse, Pokey, just like with all other horse owners, my sole purpose in life was to take care of her the best that I could. And so even in high school, I took, I was really blessed to be in a school that had like an ag program and there was equine science classes and FFA. So I still got to really 
do horses in high school. And I did internships with trainers and um, at veterinary offices because I thought I wanted to be a vet. And what I saw was I just didn't feel like the horses were, it seemed like when they came in, they either didn't get to leave and, and they passed away or they just became a continual patient or client where the horse kind of stayed in this state of sickness. And it kind of weighed on me. And I was like, well, that's not where I want to be. And so I started to look at equine massage and natural care. And I had so many mentors and so many great contacts. And so in my mind, I'm taking care of my horse as, as good as I can. She's, you know, got a good foundation. And in 2011, she lost control of her hindquarters. It seemed very sudden and it was shocking. She was probably in her early 20s at the time, somewhere in there. And I just really felt at a loss. And to be honest, I felt like I failed her. Like it was like I had all these contacts. It's like, how do we not see this coming? How can they not tell me what it is? I worked with multiple vets and each vet had their own opinion about what was going on with her, which was to me even more frustrating. If I had a like definitive diagnosis, I convinced myself I would have some kind of closure as what to the cause, you know, what caused it. And so it was just this long, frustrating thing. And all the vets were like, she needs to be put down. Like, regardless of one thought it was Cushing's, one thought it was EPM, another said it was a brain tumor. Like I had all of these different things, but they all could agree on one thing. She's got, you've, you've got to put her down. And I had no peace about that. Like I knew it wasn't her time. I knew she didn't want to go. And I just had this like, to me, a moral obligation. Like it's like, I'm her advocate. I'm her care provider and I have to help her. Like she should not, this is not her time. And so it was her that really led me to start questioning things that no one questions and looking at nutrition and her body in a completely different light. And I am just so grateful for her. She's still here with me today. She's over 30 years old now. Yay. And, um, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't function like she's two, but she, you know, she's out in the pasture this morning with one of my other gildings and she's happy and healthy. I haven't been able to ride her for the last couple of years. I, she's still a little bit wobbly in the back. Like she can at least stand up, right? And she runs and she bucks and she plays, but I don't choose to ride her, but she gets to go on trail rides. I pony her. So and when I helped her, I took everything I was doing with her and I did it with the rest of my herd. And I started to realize like their health was improving. And so then I started implementing it with clients and customers and their horses health started improving. So from there, that's when I launched Equine Essential Wellness Online because I realized there wasn't really anything out there teaching this sort of information. And what I was taught and told and what the vets and most trainers and most professionals are told isn't this information. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, we have to get this information out there because I feel like this was learned from the horse. Like it, it, it works with horses. It's how it's, they're designed to be cared for. And when we care for them in that way, they just thrive in vibrant health. Like they should just like horses out in the wild thrive. They thrive like they should thrive. So that's really the mission and the story and background behind equine essential wellness. Wow. So it sounds like, and from, from our short discussions and some of the things I was reading about you, so you kind of went against the grain of what everyone else, all the you know experts were saying. And even though we're in 2019, this is still very prevalent. You can call in three different doctors and you'll still get three different answers. 
Yes. And I love that you actually just in, you know, were in tune with the horse and, and she was telling you, this is what's best for me. Right. Can you kind of describe that process? Cause I know there's a lot of listeners that might be in a spot where they have a, a horse that's not doing as well as it should. And they, they're trying everything they can, but how did you, how did she communicate that to you? That what she so needed? It, it, it first came from an openness from me to let go of everything I thought was right. And yes. I'll be honest, that was actually probably the hardest thing for me. And even when I got her better, it was like, I went back to the vets and I mean, these were vets I worked with and had close relationships with and bonds and a lot of my mentors that did natural care. And I thought they would be excited that I helped her and would want to know how I helped her. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, it was almost, it was, yeah, it was very, it was a hard time because it was like, they thought I was nuts. They didn't, you know, your, your horse is just this miracle horse. You just were super lucky. And it was like, it had nothing to do with that. So I think for me first, like being open to letting go of anything I thought was right. Uh, yeah. Scientifically complete is another thing that is really hard for us humans to let go of. <laughs> and it's, I had to let go of that and I had to let go of so much education and, and, and yes, outside professionals telling me what was right. And I had to really listen to her body. So I think that is the, one of the biggest um, misunderstandings and things that we're taught not to do. So when a problem arises, now of course, Pokies was really abrupt. She <laughs> lost control of her hindquarters. But what I started to do was every little thing means something with your horse. Just like when we do horsemanship, everything they do means something. Everything their body does means something. So if your horse has a goopy eye, crusty eyes, if their coat's rough, if they have respiratory issues, they have allergy issues, it's a communication. And what we've been taught to do is go, oh my gosh, there's this big scary problem. How do I get it to go away? And then we use either natural remedies or medications to make the problem go away. And we yes. never ask the body, why is this here? What are you trying to tell me? And it's kind of like, um, I think a lot of people are really used to, it's becoming an awareness that if a horse has a behavioral issue, that we need to get to the root of the behavioral issue and that it's not like the horse wants to be a bad horse. And that's starting to be a new trend that's coming up. And I'm hoping that with horse health, it'll be the same way. So when your horse has something come up, it's like, okay, why is this here? Because if a horse has, let's say gastric ulcers, it's going to be a different reason for each horse. But what we like to do or what we've been taught to do, and it's easier to market too. It's much yes. easier to market this is what you do X, Y, Z when your horse has gastric ulcers. And there's a lot of natural and medicine sort of things you can do to make the ulcers go away. But what you don't realize is, you know, what, what I noticed with Pokey is we would make progress and then she'd go back and then she'd make progress. And I thought, okay, like I haven't resolved the issue. I've been treating or masking the issue or it wouldn't keep returning. Yes. Or she would show something else. So what can happen is you support your horse's gastric ulcers. And then the next thing you know, they have, and it's usually something completely unrelated. So maybe they go lame or yeah, maybe it goes to the respiratory system and you never connect that it's actually the same cause. It's just expressing in a different way. Right. And so what I try to help people do is, you know, there's nothing I can really share right now that's like, these are all the steps because they're, and it's not hard. I don't want people to think it's hard, but there are things that you can learn that it's like, okay, 
when there's an issue in this sort of area, these are the things I should look at. And that's really what I started to do. And through naturopathy and through Chinese medicine, I've also been able to use the tools that they provide to take what the horse is communicating and start to just really have a conversation and be like, okay, what's happening? And then maybe I'll use an oil or an herb or a nutrition to see if it supports. And then I watch what the symptom does. It's like, cause it's communicating to me. And then I can tell if it goes deeper in the body that I'm not on the right track. Like that's not a good thing. Right. It's going to start coming external. Then I know I'm on the right track. But again, as humans, when things come become more external, guess what? We see them. Right, right. <laughs> and as humans, that's when we panic and we're like, no, send it back in, send it back in. And so it can be really hard when it comes out to the skin or something's coming out the nose or the ears or the eyes. But I'm kind of weird in the fact that I'll get excited about it. I'm like, yes, it's finally coming, it's coming out. It's like, that's where I want it. Um, so I've noticed that I have a little bit different responses to my horses when they have certain things where someone doesn't understand how the body's communicating, they may want to send that back into the body. Um, so I would say if someone is like, but where do I start? What do I do? You have to really start to look at the horse's lifestyle and you have to be honest with yourself. Our horses do live in a stressful environment that isn't necessarily ideal always for how they were designed. So you have to look at what areas you can control and what areas you can't. And then we have to support the horse with the things we can't control. So if a horse has long fasting periods and that's just the way it's going to be, then we're going to have to adjust for that. We can't ignore it. Right. And so looking at the lifestyle and the nutrition is such, oh, nutrition for humans is, <laughs> it, you know, what we don't realize is a lot of the bags in the store that we're buying right now, I, I tell people they're almost like buying a Twinkie with a synthetic vitamin shoved in the middle. They're really not healthy for our horses. And yet we feed these things and they're recommended. I used to recommend them too before I knew any better. And they're full of synthetics that really just um, feed inflammation and cause so many issues in the horse's health. So we really have to look at nutrition and then digestion, because horses, a lot of them have digestive issues. So we have to look at digestion. And then I'm such a geek about health. I start to look at how the cell is functioning, because that's like the tiniest thing that we need to look at in the health of a horse is the cell. So those are like the four key areas that I'm going to be paying, paying attention to and teaching horse owners how to look at it and be honest with themselves. I know you can't make your horse's environment like it was in the wild, but we can do things. My horses still don't have the necessarily the lifestyle I want them to have. They still have dry lot pens that they're in during the day. They, this Now it's fall, so they're getting out in the pasture right now, but all summer they don't have that access. So, you know, there are things that I just know I'm going to have to support them with because of the... Uh, the things that, that they don't have access to or the, or the limitations that I have put on them. Yes. There's some, and there's some things that are beyond our control, right? Uh, where I was before I moved, my horse was in a, a small paddock where he could barely, I mean, he could not barely move. He, it was just small, but he couldn't really, he could do a whoopee and then that was it. I mean, he couldn't yeah. run, right? Um, there was just um, sand and there wasn't grass for him. Now he's totally different. So he's got a really long pasture. He goes out all day. He has friends and so he can graze. So that's much better. I'm much happier 
because as you know, the way that they, their gut is, they, they're kind of like cows. They do need to eat all the time. And I was actually at a barn once where they, the, the feeding was say seven in the morning until seven at night and nothing in between. And I was like, guys, yeah. and they were colicking like crazy. And I, I literally brought in extra and I said, I don't care. I'll put it in my car. I bagged it myself, but it was like, they have to eat. But right. sometimes what I'm saying is it's, you, you can't, sometimes it's, that's just the way the barn is. Right. And we're not right. pointing fingers. We, we just try right. to do what we can do the best that we can, but there are some things that you can take the reins into your hands mm-hmm. literally and say, I can, if that's okay with them, I can still bring in some hay or something for them to right. just graze on. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's looking at that lifestyle. Cause I have a lot of clients who, yeah, board their horses at a barn and they have a really hard time with feed schedules and different things. And so it's all about really, but looking at that and being like, okay, what is that going to cause? Like you were saying there was a lot of colic, Yes. Well, what I find is people will be like, yeah, these horses colic all the time. And then they're throwing all this stuff to fix the colic. And it's like, well, the colic is only happening because of this. Right. So it doesn't matter, you know, what other things until we acknowledge that the lifestyle is, is leading into that problem. Yes. And I yes. find that that's a lot. So I've had clients work with me where it's really funny because I think they expect I'm going to get them on this big, long feeding program or, you know, all of these details. And, you know, it's like, they'll take a lot of my free information. And if they actually do it and they look at the things I tell them to look at, they'll be like, all my horse's problems went away. Now I don't feel like I I need help. And I'm like, exactly. Like the horse is created to be healthy. Right, right. (laughs) That's what we have to understand. They weren't created to be sick. So if if the horse is sick, there's something wrong with that picture. And I I get really, when someone questions my view of nutrition, because they're like, it's not scientifically complete and you're not dealing with all these rations and all of these percentages and things you need to, to get the horse healthy. I just find it funny because I'm like, okay, all of these scientifically complete nutrition plans. And if, if the vet and these nutritionists are right, why are more and more horses being sick? If they were right and we were on track, metabolic concerns wouldn't be through the roof. Colic and gastric ulcers wouldn't be through the roof. Like the horses are proof that we're not doing it right. Like with my horses, very rarely do I need vets. And when the vet comes, it's almost like he's attempting to just find an issue. Like he'll be like, how old is this horse? And he's like, maybe we need to ultrasound his hocks or maybe we need to. And I'm like, no, he's perfectly fine. Like he's healthy. This is what a healthy horse this age looks like. But they almost want to look for problems because they're baffled that the horse is in such good condition. But I think that there's a misconception that it's really hard to keep horses in that kind of shape. And honestly, it's, it's really not. Now, do I pamper my horses more than the average horse? Yes. My husband jokes he wants to come back as one of my horses. So I, <laughs> Mine does I, too. <laughs> I do pamper them, but I also, as, as funny as it sounds, I also keep their care simple. So I choose to do things that pamper them a bit, but still their nutrition and my approach to their care is really simplistic. And when I leave town, my, my son can do it. My, my young son can, can take care of the horses for me because it doesn't need to be complicated. And the more simplistic we make it, the better um, for, for their health and really for our sanity. If we think uh, about yes. <laughs> yes, girl, yes. I mean, let's talk about that. What are some of the myths and misconceptions that people have within the horse industry um, that you'd like to raise awareness or make an impact with? Because I know um, from your bio that you did work with 
a veterinarian. You worked with a, a cutting horse trainer, correct? Mm -hmm. Did I read that mm -hmm. correctly? Yes. Uh, so you've had vast experience. You've had uh, different lenses to look at the horses. What are mm -hmm. some of the, the misconceptions that people have that you'd love to, to maybe switch and change? Um, the nutrition is, is huge. Um, again, so much synthetic nutrition and so much of this ratio and percentage that we think is best. Um, and I've seen it cause a lot of problems and a lot of, um, performance horses, especially this is where people just think it can't be adjusted. Like the performance horses need this nutrition. And I have successfully helped, um, a lot of performance riders get their horses nutrition just as clean and simple as my horses that are pretty much now just my rec recreation at this point. Um, and I tell people, think about the Mustangs in the wild. Um, my, my husband and my son and I all just went out and we're like riding the side by sides out there. And it just blows my mind. Like I can't even fathom the thought of my horses living in I that know. environment, but they live out there. And for those who may think, yes, but aren't the Mustangs starving? That's another misconception I encourage people to look into, but a lot of them aren't. So you'll see in a herd that most of them are rather healthy. There are a few that are usually sick, and those are the ones that something is wrong inside their body. And the side that we don't like about nature is, is those horses will pass. They will not continue to breed, you know, those particular genes that are not strong. So but we need to look at what those horses live off of and realize horses are really hardy creatures and they can make, um, you know, like they're supposed to be living on high fiber. Like if you look at what they're eating, it's high fiber, low in nutrition actually, but high in fiber content. And as it's going through the digestive system is when those nutrients come out. But what we want to do, and I remember one time somebody messaging me and asked me what I thought about feeding fodder to horses. I'll be honest, I had to Google it. I'm like, I, what is I that? didn't even know. I know. I was like, I don't know what fodder is. I'm like Googling it real quick. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. Well, it's like feeding, um, it was almost like feeding, uh, what is it? Like the, uh, just the grass, like the grass you grow, almost like sod. That's what I was trying to think of. Oh, okay. It was like literally like a sod that these people would buy these like, um, sheets, yeah, it reminded me of sheets of sod, and then they'd plop it in the horse's pen, and the horse would be eating this live grass. Well, when I pulled up the first website to, to teach me what fodder was, the big, in big letters across it, it said, high in nutrition, low in fiber. So the first thing that pops in my mind, I'm like, so literally the exact opposite of what your horse should be eating. Right. <laughs> like, this is not at what your horse is designed to eat. But as humans, we think high nutrition, awesome. That's what we want is high nutrition. Right. But that starts to lead to a lot of metabolic issues because the horse's body is really not designed for all of that. So most of the pastures, most of the things we expose our horses to is way high in nutrition. So the chances of horses actually being malnourished is few and far between unless somebody is, is keeping them from access from feed. Um, and then another misconception in nutrition is this, um, and I did this with Pokey too. This was one of the paths I went down. I went down a lot of these paths. I used to just get so many analysis. I'd test my hay. I tested her hair. I tested everything I could to see what was going on. And I paid lots of money for these fancy supplements that were supposedly going to give her exactly what she needed. Well, what I realize now is if the cell of a horse is malfunctioning, it's not going to matter what you put through that body it's not doing what it's supposed to do with it. So you could be sending in high amounts of, let's say they're magnesium deficient because that's a really common 
um, knowledge deficiency everybody's freaking out about right now. But how, you know, unless you're actually looking, is my horse's diet actually magnesium deficient? Or is it that the magnesium I'm sending in for my horse is not being utilized properly? Because if the cell is not utilizing it properly, it won't matter if you send in a whole bucket. It's like, yes. it'll literally go right out the back end. And so what's happening with so many people right now is they're doing all of this crazy testing and analysis. And of course, from a wonderful place, they're just trying to do what's best for their horse. Right. But it ends down this path of expensive frustration with no results and still usually a sick horse. Yes. And so those are the things I'm trying to get people to realize it just doesn't serve us. So we have to start asking the body questions and we have to start looking at is the, are the cells of the body even processing things like they should? Because if they're high in oxidative stress, if the mitochondria is dysfunctional, if things are going on, and I know those are words that people are probably like, oh my gosh, she lost me. But what's super simple about cell health is it starts with nutrition and digestion and lifestyle. If those three things are off, I guarantee you cell function is going to be a mess. So it's, it's incorporating understanding what health truly is and, again, what that body is, is communicating. Um, and to start asking more questions and questions to find answers, not questions to try to alleviate a problem or make a problem go away. Right. Um, I always, to me, when a horse has a health problem, even in the word, they have a health problem. Problem, So what should we focus on? Focus on health. Yes. Because what we focus on magnifies. Yes. So if if we pretend we're holding a great big magnifying glass as a horse owner, we get to choose, am I going to magnify health? Or am I going to take that magnifying glass and magnify the problem? And what most of us have been taught to do, and actually most, I'll be honest, in my opinion, most vets do this. I've heard it's, it's coming around, but the ones I worked with, they, they grabbed hold of that problem and we shook it every direction we could. It was yes. like a problem up, down, all around. And before you know it, the problem is enormous. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. You have a huge problem. Yes. Like maybe, just maybe we should take that magnifying glass. Let's look at health for a little bit. Why did health like vacate the premises? Yes. And how do we get that health to come back in? Because most, most of your medications, um, and I, I want to be clear, using herbs, oils, I love natural remedies. They can be used to treat a mask as well. They can be used to focus on the problem. And most of the marketing that's out there of herbal supplements is all about masking problems. And so even people that do natural remedies sometimes have a hard like a hard thing adjusting to how I teach because I'm all about, yes, I see that problem is there, but then I literally quit looking at it and I change my focus. And for them, they're like, she's not even, she's not even addressing the problem. And it's like, no, I hear it. I'm listening to the problem, but I'm going to have a conversation with health over here because health is actually what I would like to come back into the picture. Right. So I'm going to talk with health. And as, as we have this conversation, the problem's going to start to go away. Right. And so many people, when they implement just the simple steps I share, will be like, it was like, it, it just, I don't, the horse doesn't have problems. It's almost like they magically went away. And it's like, yeah, because you quit focusing on them. Right, right, you know? right. You quit looking for like, what's going to work. So I have um, a training that's, uh, and I'll share the link at, at the end here where people can get a hold of, like, can check it out. It's free. But it's like the five, I call it the five simple steps that you need to start with, with health. And people will be like, Oh, I tried that. 
they tried it from the standpoint of I'm going to feed this particular thing and then they do it for two weeks, maybe a month, maybe, maybe some committed people will do it for 60 days and they'll be like, the problem didn't go away. So they're still looking at the problem and they never went like, why am I feeding this as far as getting health to come back in? So another thing I teach in one of my programs is the eight steps the body goes through. So the body has steps that it takes it into disease if we don't catch it, but we can also do those eight steps backwards and get health to come back. Okay. So when I'm feeding something like, for example, if I'm feeding a trace mineral or if I'm feeding an amino acid, I'm not feeding it so that the problem will go away. I'm feeding it because I know that the body pulls extra uh, electrolytes and the body pulls the extra amino acids and is going to be utilizing that because it's trying to recover. So right now it's just using all of that resource trying to recover. So if we don't support it, it can't get out of that state. So right. then people go, well, it didn't work. They quit giving it and the horse just spirals further down because the body's like, I don't have what I need. And it will pull everything the horse's body creates and everything you're sending in. Yes. So when a horse is sick, we have to give more of these vital five steps in order for the body to start to come out of that. We have to reduce oxidative stress. We have to support the digestive system. And we have to keep doing those things until we see health coming back in. It's not the problem's going to go away and we are going to watch the horse. So, and, and another thing that people need to understand is sometimes when you start ushering health back in, there may be a detox reaction or a healing crisis and it looks like things are getting worse. So sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. And a lot of horse owners bail ship before yes. the horse ever starts to be coming out of health. So that's another thing that can happen too. Wow. I mean, they're so complicated. Um, but one thing that I've done, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this as far as treats go, I used to give, you know, there's a lot of treats out there that are very high in sugar. And my friend who's a trainer said, you know, um, that's probably not a good thing. Stick to natural, right? So now I only give natural, I only give carrots or I only give apples. I don't give anything else. And it's natural. Just like I just try to think of it for us. And all the conversations I've had with horses are they keep it super simple. Just like yes. you're saying, what are your thoughts on treats? And I'm bringing this up because I know a lot of listeners like myself, we like to reward with treats. Right. Um, sometimes even the clicker training, however you use them, but there's so right. much on the market yeah. that you think oh, they say, you know, hand baked and all that. And it's great. That's great. But I guess it's very high in sugar. What are your yeah. thoughts on treats? So it, treats can be super tricky. And I do think it is great to look at at our own health. I think that's a great way to look at it. But this also brings up another principle of naturopathy, which is nutrition should be species specific. Okay. So species specific means that it's going to be um, either something they would have naturally come across in the wild and, and ended up consuming it. Or if it's not species specific, for example, like chia seed, because I feed my horses chia seed, and that is not something they likely would have come in contact with yes. frequently in the wild. But what I do when I go off of species specific is I make sure that it's not disrupting the harmony of the body. So I know that the chia seed um, is, is not going to be um, causing issues. Now it's going to be higher in protein, so I am going to moderate, which is another, um, naturopathy has laws of health. 
and moderation is one of those. So apples and carrots, since they are natural, I think are great options, but we're still gonna have to exercise moderation because even though they are natural, they're still higher in sugar than, than I can't even say some of the grasses because some of our grasses are pretty high in sugar <laughs> that our horses have access to. So that just brings into the, our awareness, like just be mindful of it. So I think you having the awareness of it is fantastic. And if your horse starts to express something, maybe they get extra gassy or maybe they start having skin issues or like just watch for something that would, would tell you that it's too much for them. Because I don't want to get, I tell people I'm not here to vilify any products or vilify any nutrient, but I want to be aware of what's happening when it goes into the body and do I like that response. So I think apples and carrots are a fine treat. Um, it might shock people. I actually use, um, I actually have some pellets. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, those are really old. I wonder if I should still be feeding them. But some of the fortified grain that I had a way long time ago that I don't like the ingredients of, but I don't treat my horses very often. So very rarely, but I'll give them a little bit of that because I still have it in my trailer because I just never threw it out. Yeah. But you know, the way I look at it is I'll be honest in my diet, I still have a cookie or two. I still have things that aren't good for me, but yes. I don't tell myself they're good for me. And I do it, here. Um, I do it in moderation. So I would just encourage people and to, to just look at it and be very aware of what the ingredients are. And, you know, that might take a little education, you know, a little effort from, from the owner, but you're going to have peace about what you're feeding. And I think that's more important than anything because I have some pretty strong views that not all of my customers and clients agree with. So I don't feed my horses. I don't like to feed my horses flax, which flax is a very popular um, supplement additive for horses. Um, and for me, it's just too high in phytoestrogens and I feel like it, it messes with the metabolic syndrome that we see. Um, I think that it just really disrupts that. So for me, it's not an option that I choose. But if someone chooses it, I'm like, that's okay, but make sure you understand those things before you choose to feed it. Same thing with oats. Um, you know, oats are something that I used to think I was taught in my nutrition classes, that oats were the most nutritional, complete, and, you know, best way to get, yeah, like a wide array of vitamins and minerals for horses. And as I started, like, again, questioning everything I knew and changing some things and watching, I have yet to have a horse that I saw or had on oats where we switch it over to more of a grass pellet or something super plain and simple to get other supplements in that has not improved in some way. Wow. And, you know, the more I studied oats as a whole, I realized if your horse came across like an oat field or something, they're not just going to sit there and eat the grain heads. So right. we're feeding it in a way that the horse would not have come into contact with it. So if you're feeding oat hay, or I know a lot of um, my customers from Australia feed like oat chafe, that's completely different. You're keeping the fiber there that should be there. So understanding what the nutrition does when it goes into the body is really important. Yes. Um, because sending a bunch of oat heads in, because there are some really popular feeds out there that people are shocked. I'm just not a fan of because they're not species specific. Just because it's organic doesn't mean your horse should eat it. Right. Um, and then it's got a lot of oats in it. And I just, in my experience, I, I, like I said, I've yet to see a horse where 
we've switched the nutrition to, to what I use and, and going more to like a base hay pellet and then adding anything I think they need from there or the owner thinks they need from there. I just have yet to have a horse that wasn't better. So yeah. it's like, until I see a horse prove it to me, you can show me papers all day long that tell me <laughs> otherwise. But I, it's like, I encourage people, look at who paid for those papers. Yes, That's what I had to do. Cause yeah, I mean, my view of nutrition now, I literally threw out <laughs> hours of education and money that I paid for that education. I had to throw it away. And that was really hard for me to do. And some people actually will question my knowledge because I no longer go into these rations and percentages. Like I just don't. It's like I have an awareness that certain um, minerals need to be balanced and different things. But if I'm using a whole food supplement to get that mineral in the horse, I'm not going to be obsessed over those those rations and everything else. Because the other thing that we don't realize with all these synthetics is when you feed, like if you're feeding kelp, because kelp has a lot of trace minerals in it. Yep. If um, if you're feeding kelp and you're worried, you're not gonna, I always tell people like, if, when you go into the produce section and you pick up your apple, it doesn't have that, you know, nutritional uh, yes. feedback printed on it. <laughs> but you know, you innately know that apple is better for you than a cereal flavored, you know, an apple flavored cereal bar that says it has all the nutrition you need. Yes, yes. You know what's healthier for you. Yes. And yet somehow with our horses, we have completely lost that. Yes. It's like when I tell someone feeding their horse kelp or chia seed or something like that is healthier than a bag in the store of processed feed, people look at me like I'm nuts. And they'll yes. be like, because my vet said, or my trainer said, and I'm like, if you're, yeah, and if, yet if somebody told them that in their own health, they'd be like, um, you're a little bit silly. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. I know what's healthier for me. And that's the shift I'm trying to help people make. And it's really hard because, again, most of us have had like a lifetime of this. Yes. And people that we trust and love and respect, like really believe this wholeheartedly. I actually had to, um, I had left a position with a mentor of mine that I looked up to dearly because we just could not like my my new path was just not working there wow. and so i've had to let go of you know certain relationships or certain people in my life because it was like i just wasn't allowed to be or or see what i was seeing and say what i was saying and it was like you don't have to do this with your horse yes <laughs> you know i need to do it with my horse because of what i'm seeing and what i've found Right. Um, so yeah, and I just encourage people, um, you know, and I, I have um, on Facebook, I have a group, a community just for that, where I want people to feel safe because when you start going this natural path and maybe you're like me and you don't believe in herbal dewormers, maybe you're not really that big into vaccination, it can be a pretty harsh world out there to start going that path. Yes. And so my hope is to have a community where people can feel safe and really explore that and make, I, I think the horse owner has, they know their horse the best yep. and they need to go with what they have peace with. If I would have done what all the vets told me to do, Pokey would not have lived all of these years right? since 2011 up to now. And I would have had to live with that because I knew inside it wasn't time. Right. Right. So, so many times horse owners let their, yeah, their peers and their friends and professionals talk them into things that they don't have peace about. And it's like, don't, don't let people do that. Find a community 
where you can safely ask questions and get support you need. Because like, when I went online, I was shocked to know how many people were just like, you're going to think I'm crazy, but, and I was like, you're not crazy. Like, that's fantastic. You know, it's like, it's, it's a okay. huge thing right now. It's a huge yeah. thing. And that's what, that's what I encourage as well is that you're the one that knows your horse the best. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you have a bond. Hopefully you yes. have a, a, you're strong together and your horse will tell you what it needs and what it doesn't need. And you, you can see with your own eyeballs, what's working, yep. what's not working. Yes. We, we love vets. Yes. We love people that can bring their expertise to us. Yes. But at the end of the day, you're your horse's advocate and you're the one. It's just like if right. you had a farrier and I had a farrier that, you know, they weren't giving me what I needed for my horse. And you have to say, I need to go with someone else because this is not working for my horse. I can see yeah. that. I can feel that. I know what's happening here and you need to do what's right. But right. what would be maybe, do you have an example or a favorite story that you could share with the listeners as to the, somebody that you worked with and then the changes that happened in their horse because of your work with them? Right. So really I, I have two, um, two just, and they're just beautiful people and I've never gotten to meet their horses in person, but I feel like I love their horses just like they're my own. But one that comes to mind is Barbara and her horse Sage. And when she first came to me, Sage was um, having these weird bouts of laminitis. So in the fall and winter time, she would get this laminitis. Nobody could figure out why, um, you know, the vets were kind of at a loss. They tried all sorts of things, medications, all, you know, and they were just like, yep, we don't know. And, you know, Barbara was just kind of, again, heartbroken, like I was with Pokey, where it's like, what do I do? Like, I don't want her to live like this, but I don't want to put her down. And I've tried everything they say, and none of it works. And she has just been so open to implement and stick to everything. And her horse isn't completely out of the woods, so to speak. Every once in a while, she still has um, bouts that can come up. But what's amazing is Barbara is so much quicker ahead of it. Like she's like, there are so many signs there that I didn't even know Sage was giving me that she catches now. Wow. So she catches it faster. She, she's been able to ride her more and she just as an owner, even talking to her, I don't even think she realizes the difference of how much more confident she is. And I just can't imagine. I know for me that confidence spills into how, how I feel about being with my horse like it just feels so good and I can tell she doesn't feel like she's failing Sage which is how I felt with Pokey I'm like I'm failing her miserably yes yes and now they just have you know they just have this beautiful you know bond and relationship that they already had horsemanship wise but they take it even further now that you can understand what the horse's body is communicating and what is important to me because I'm a horse health coach I, I'm here to coach people, but really what I ultimately do is empower them to do it themselves. Yeah. And my husband and I joke because I literally teach people not to need me. And he's like, that's not a very good business model, <laughs> but I love it. And, and that's exactly what I see with, with Barbara and Sage. And I love when I message her because a lot of, a lot of my clients are, are my friends. Like, again, I love their horses just as much as I love mine. And I love when I message her and I'm like, how are you and Sage doing? And she's like, oh, we just came back, you know, from this long ride or, you know, it just makes me feel so good. And even when there are concerns, like to hear her say, but this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what she's experiencing, but this is what I'm doing because of it. She's so empowered to know what she needs to do to support Sage. Wow. And that's what I love. And then Gail, 
Gail has three rescue horses. So it's like the physical issues, but then what about those emotional slash physical issues, these rescue horses that were abandoned? Um, Gail has a few that were literally abandoned at a property, not fed. One of them was kept in a box stall. The only time he was allowed to come out was for breeding purposes and they got put back in that box stall and he was left in there. And so these horses have emotional things and those emotional things turn into physical things. And Gail was already an herbalist, so she knew how to use herbs with people, but she just didn't feel like it was translating over to horses. But really all she was missing was the way she was using those herbs. And so now she uses herbs, oils, like everything she's learned to, again, communicate and support the horse where they're at. And she's always sharing, you know, pictures in the groups and talking about the breakthrough she's having with her horses and they're getting up there in age, but she's just been able to not care for them. And yes, she has the vet come out to do things, but she's empowered to make the decisions she has peace with for all three of her rescue horses. And that, that to me, it's like, I think it makes horse health more affordable because <laughs> yes. you're not just throwing things at your horse and hoping it sticks Yes, and it makes it more fun and enjoyable because they just have, when they talk about their horses, even if their horse has like a hiccup, it's like, okay. And, and I share that too. Like I just had one of my Mustangs go lame and it's not like I was like, woohoo, he's lame. You know, like yeah, of course. I, got, I had that normal mama, that horse mama, like pit in my stomach where I'm like, Oh, why are you lame? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, cause especially he is not a hundred percent tame. Like he allows me around him, but not others. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a vet here to look at you. And so there was so much to go through, but it was like, I just take a deep breath and it's like, okay, what is his body communicating to me and sharing with my community that step. And I mean, he was within a few days, I thought he was going to blow a really nasty abscess, but I just, you know, used what I teach. And it was like, next thing I know, he's perfectly fine. And I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. So sometimes that is how it happens where it's like, you ask the body, what do you need? And you can do that with active pressure points to teach people how to do it that way. Um, but it was like, I literally just used the tools and was like, what do you need? And for him, oddly enough, it was a lameness, but it was showing his large intestine was out of balance. So I started to do things nutritionally and I used a few acupressure points to support his large intestine. Wow. And before I know it, the inflammation swelling, all of it went away. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. So, But it wasn't because, so people think it's like the herb or the thing that gets rid of the problem. Right. It doesn't. All I did was his body was like, I'm out of whack here. Like something is going crazy with my large intestine. And I just supported it. I was like, okay, like, I don't know what to do, but I'll give you the nutrition you need. And I'll give you some, you know, body work that will help. And the body was like, thank you. And wow. health, health comes back in. So those wow. are some of my favorite stories. And it's, again, more what the owner has the ability and the confidence to do now in the decisions that they can make. That's so cool. Care. That's so cool. So how do you work with people? You, you work with them long distance as well? Do they send you a video or... How, how so, does that work? So right now I, I have two ways to work with me and, um, and that is through what I call the horse health hub, which is an online resource. Because again, I really want to cut myself out of the program as much as I can. So I'm in there teaching you. Um, but I, I don't want people to rely on me because I used to just do consults all the time, but then it was creating this dependency and that's not what I want. 
So I have the Horse Health Hub where it teaches, again, where I say these steps. There are literal steps that I go through with my horses. In fact, I have to go to the steps because the emotions creep in if I don't. And then you're just a mess. Yes. <laughs> like yes. even that's what I first started doing with Marshall. And I was like, what do I got to do? And he won't let me soak his foot. I'm going through all this. And it was finally like, oh, what are yes. the steps? Yes, <laughs> like, yes take exactly. A deep breath, step back. What does he need you to do? And so I use um, acupressure points that are called association points. And I have videos that show everybody where they're at how we can feel them. So I'm all about empowering the horse owner. That's how people work with me. I wanna work with people who want to empower themselves, not just have me tell them do X, Y, Z, because X, Y, Z won't always work. And because I'm doing it from a distance, they're gonna have much more um, effective work doing it themselves. Right. So in the Horse Health Hub, that's what I do is I literally walk them through the steps. Now inside there, there's live Q and A's, there's ways to get one-on-one -on -one consults with me but I've chosen to reserve my time with people I know are willing to implement and take action because if they aren't, the horse doesn't get results. And that's ultimately, I want to improve the horse's life. Right. And so I've found that working with owners that are willing to kind of make this a partnership works much better. So the horse health hub is really the best place. And then once you're inside the hub, you can decide if my 30 day equine health transformation course is a good fit. That's where I teach all of the principles of naturopathy that I learned because the school I learned it from is actually no longer here. So it's my way to carry that information forward and make that available to horse owners if they want that. Okay. So those, those are the two ways the horse health hub is, is really the, the, the one way to get in, um, to to uh, to all to unlock all the other ways because that just shows me that the horse owner does like they do want to to learn and to empower themselves to make the decision because like you and I both said they know the horse owner the best yeah so to me they need empowered it has nothing to do with me um, so uh, what I encourage people to do because I know it's like, it can feel really overwhelming. It comes natural to me because of my obsession. <laughs> so <laughs> it can feel overwhelming though. <laughs> yeah. But what I have is I have a free PDF guide that shares the top 10 signs that horses give that something's wrong. And what the PDF is, is the top telltale signs your horse may be suffering from dangerous digestive problems. They don't think it's always digestive problems. That was just more me getting people again to not feel overwhelmed because I want to keep this as simple as I can because it's really like, I like how you said horses are complex and yet they're simple. To me, horses are simple we make them complex. Yes. We're the ones that bring in all of these bells and whistles and things that just really aren't there. We've created them. So what I like to do is get people back to here's really what's very, very simple. So these 10 signs, people can just go and, and people kind of freak because they get in there and they're like, oh my gosh, my horse has some. Yeah. My horse Pokey, I didn't realize that she, she had the third thing on this, on this list for years and trainers and the vets were like, oh, it's no big deal. Wow. nothing don't worry about it and yet to me I look at it now and go oh my gosh her body was communicating with me 15 16 years ago wow. and there is a part of me that wonders had I supported that could I reversed it so they can go to equineessentialwellness.com forward slash signs to get that pdf okay and from there they're also going to get that other free training that I talked about the five simple steps so they'll be all good to go and the information for the horse health hub, if they like the information they see in those is right there ready for them to go as well. So it's 
all just step-by-step, -step, no, no wondering where you got to go. Just equineessentialwellness.com forward slash signs is the best place to be. Perfect. Perfect. And we're going to have all of Angie's because I've got her um, Facebook, I've got the Instagram, I've got the Pinterest, her website, um, and email to contact her as well. So we'll have all that linked up for you. And I would encourage you to check her out because she has a great website. I went on it. Um, and she's got a lot of comprehensive information out there that, you know, there's just so much information that sometimes we get overwhelmed. Yeah. And as you said, we make it complex when it really just needs to be easy. And it's just, let's just keep it simple, but yeah. she's gone through all the education so you don't have to, so she can help you with be empowered with your horse, which is what I love because we don't, you know, you want to do the best for your horse. And the goal is that you don't need her at all, right? That you can just get your horse on the right path. So I love that you're doing that. What, if you could leave the listeners with one thing, what would you like to say to them? Just that reminder that you know your horse the best. I don't care who's telling you that you don't because there's lots of voices out there. There's just so much you can get lost. I call it, you know, like the sea of opinions. Yes. You can just get lost out there and I just want, you know, I wished I'd had somebody say that to me back when Pokey was sick. I just, I, I kept doing it because I knew it was right, but I felt so alone and I felt a little crazy. I'll be honest with that. I don't know what's wrong with me. Some of my best friends thought I was nuts. Like I couldn't find anybody that didn't think I was crazy. So, but I just kept telling myself, you know her the best. And I, that's what I want people to realize is you know your horse the best and empowering yourself is the best thing you can do for you and for your horse's health. Absolutely. Angie Wells, everybody, I'm so thrilled that you are here today. I can't thank you for all the information that you gave us. I'll have all the links below. And I'd like to have you on again. We have so much more we could talk yeah. about. My oh, goodness. I, <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking about, we could talk about stress and how performance stress that comes from people, humans, uh, yeah. transferred onto the horse and then how that shows up. There's a whole other, there's so much we could talk about, but thank yeah. you for being here today. I, I will have all the links below. I urge you guys to check her out because she's got some amazing, amazing, uh, education out there for you that I think is really, really essential. Cause even in this crazy world, we want to keep it simple. And as you said, your horse, you know, your horse the best, and they are trying to communicate with you all the time. So just be open and willing to listen to them. So thank you for being here, Angie. I loved having you. Thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. All right, guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon.